Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. Hello there and welcome to Ask Margaret from What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the face of motherhood, answering your parenting dilemmas one question at a time. Today's question comes from our Facebook group. And I will tell you before we start that this is a question about consent. And we will be talking a little bit about sex in this episode. So if you are listening with kids around and that's not a conversation you're interested in having them over here, just a heads up. This question says, when and how do I have conversations with my kids about consent regarding their bodies, touching and allowing touch from others, their peers, and how to be safe physically, emotionally, and with their devices, and how to safely explore the questions and curiosities around sex and sexuality. This is a huge, big, and deep question, and we're probably not going to get to all of it in this short time that we have together. But I wanted to pick up on this question because it's been something I've been thinking a lot about myself. And I think the shortest answer about how to have these conversations is have them early, have them often, and have them in age-appropriate ways. And so we'll go through a couple of examples of that. I'm also going to point you to an article called How to Talk to Kids About Sex and Consent from the Child Mind Institute. I will put a link to that in the show notes. It really breaks this down, I think, in a helpful and more overall way than I'll probably be able to get at today. I think consent is a very specific and a very interesting part of talks we have with our kids about sex that is sometimes maybe we forget to put quite such a fine point on. But I think it's an important issue for kids to learn inside and outside the context of sex. So One thing we talk a lot about, I have two boys and a girl, and there's a lot, especially, you know, during the pandemic, there was a lot of being at home and roughhousing, and that would get a little bit out of control sometimes. And sometimes my more sensitive boy would not want to participate in the ways the other boy and girl were. Sometimes my girl would get a little overwhelmed because she's the smaller one of the three. And so we established a very specific rule that when, first of all, you only play with people who are playing. So like you don't tackle people while they're sitting on the couch. You only play with people who are involved in the game. And the second rule was that as soon as someone says stop, you stop what you're doing. So you don't say stop unless you want the game to end or the game to pause. And the minute someone says stop, you stop what you're doing. And I think 
It's something that I've had to oversee a lot. And this is something I oversee basically from two rooms away. As soon as I hear someone say, oh, stop, and I hear the game keep going, I will walk into the other room and say, I heard the word stop. I want everyone in this room to pause. And let's figure out if someone's getting hurt, if someone's not enjoying themselves. And I think it's a the kind of rule that starts to reinforce the idea that we look for other people's social clues in terms of whether or not they are participating and enjoying whatever we are doing together. And we know that when people ask us to stop, we do that immediately. And we do not make a judgment about whether or not they really want us to stop. We just know that the minute we hear the word stop or no, that is our cue to stop. And I think I've been thinking about it more and more as my kids get older in terms of starting to transfer this into a conversation about sex, about consent, about how we approach other people. And the biggest way we do it is just having a lot of conversations about it. And for me, those conversations do not happen in the context of like, let's all sit down on the couch. It's time for mom to talk to you about sex because in my experience, it doesn't go that great. So I am constantly on the lookout for entrances into this conversation. I am looking for conversations about like, how do we respond to pressure? How do we pressure other people? And how does that feel? What makes pressure feel difficult to us? What is it about fitting in that's important to us? And like, I've had that experience. I wanted the cute lacrosse boys to like me. So I drove even though I didn't have a license and I put myself in a dangerous situation. But what caused that was I was feeling insecure about, you know, them liking me. And that's an experience I had. That reminds me of the experience you had. And here's how I wish I could have responded to it. And so these conversations don't always have to be about sex. They can really be about issues of like, why we feel pressure, how we respond to pressure. And then I think it's very important, and that's ages and stages. You can be having a conversation with a three-year-old about like, hey, your friend did not like it when you did that. And did you look at their face? And did you understand that they didn't like that experience? Then you're having conversations with six-year-olds about like, hey, you just shot that person with a Nerf gun and they weren't even playing Nerf. Like they weren't part of the game. That's a consent conversation. And then as we keep moving through, I think as kids get older, we much more specifically introduce sex into the conversation. And then I think we also need to start having conversations about use of alcohol and drugs around these issues, how that affects consent. And I think we have to just have the most frank conversations we possibly can about this. Go back and listen to our fresh take with Michelle Icard on 14 talks to have before the age of 14. Like that will give you some really helpful perspective on this as well. And so the question of how do we have these talks is just the practice of having them. The constantly looking for like those teachable moments where, oh, I'm seeing something that ties into this and I'm going to point your attention to this and emphasizing in the beginning with little ones, how consent works in gameplay, how consent works with being around their friends and making their friends feel good. And then as they get older, really starting to tie those lessons into sex, how we consent to things, what role alcohol and drugs plays in that. And then also 
always? How are we being a helper instead of being a bystander? And these are the kind of things that if we're raising kids who are looking out for a kid who's getting bullied on the playground, who are looking out for whether or not kids are having fun or they're just kind of going along with what the popular or the bigger kids want them to do. That is the foundational work that makes these conversations actually meaningful when we, as we continue to have them throughout our kids' lives. Huge topic. Maybe we'll do a whole episode on that one because there's so much interesting stuff there. And I'd like to do a deeper dive, but I hope that helps for now. If you have a question for myself or Amy, send them to questions at whatfreshhealthpodcast.com or ask them on our Facebook page and you may hear your question answered in an upcoming episode. Thanks for listening. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact invented. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talked to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.